This is Hallway Digressions, laughs, rants, and musings on life and culture from the Lakewood Park Bible Department. All right, fellas, we are here in episode six. And even as I say episode six, it's like uh, we're really getting deep into this thing. We're gaining some traction, getting some momentum. Uh, I'd like us to maybe see us do something really special once we hit double digits around episode 10. I think um, that that's really a mile marker. Mm. And <laughs> maybe we can, I don't know, uh, really uh, read some of our numerous reviews. Uh, maybe we can find out some of those uh, five-star supporters of us on iTunes and Bring them on. Just uh, let them really express their gratitude for. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just hey, rambling. Here's a theological nerd moment. Since um, I mean, since that's what we discuss on here, and since that's what we are, sure. you definitely know there's going to be an episode seven because six is the number of man, biblically speaking. Uh, so we right. don't want to end a Christian theological podcast on an episode six, and so we have yeah. to get to the perfect number at least, which is seven. That's and a good point. Episode eight will just be episode seven, seven. <laughs> seven. <laughs> yes, I like it. Yes. Right. Well, that, that brings up a really important question here, Brett. Do we want to, do we feel that we need to maybe do back-to-back eps right now just so that we're not spending a week um, just living in that number six status? I mean, I mean, that might just be inviting some, some, some things we don't want to invite. Maybe we just want to get straight into seven so that we can return to completion and holiness here. <laughs> well. That's how it works, right? I mean, you're, you're right. a resident spiritual warfare expert. <laughs> oh, I see. I see what you're saying. You didn't yeah. want to invite anything, inv- <laughs> invite anything into this <laughs> podcast, any unwanted spiritual entities. Right. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, <laughs> how about this? How about this? At least for episode six, have its own like cover page. You know how you've got our hallway digressions, and have the cover page be like the Jesus prayer rug. So have it, <laughs> and that should ward off. Yes, we, yes. yes. we uh, pray a hedge of protection around. <laughs> oh yes, a finely trimmed hedge of protection. Yes. <laughs> Hey, can I, I, I just, just, this is just to throw it out there. I was, I was going to tell you guys this cause we were going to do like a follow-up with, uh, there was something I wanted to mention about Legion or whatever. And, uh, that I totally forgot last week. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, so this last week, uh, for the sophomores, we were in the, um, chapter 11 in the UTF book and it's on, uh, a spiritual, um, or supernatural good and evil. And so it's about the spiritual realm. And so, <laughs> Uh, a lot of angels and and demons stuff. A lot of stuff, uh, Mr. D, from what we did in uh, Bible eleven. And so, um, but I've 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 gone through and and I've I've changed uh, quite a bit. And uh, anyway, so I'll just say this: so two and a half hours of lecture video. <laughs> <laughs> hey you know what don't you dare apologize for that brett (laughs) don't you dare apologize now it 
Yeah, yeah. I we we <laughs> went out and did some visits on that. Like, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> what was the file size? Like twenty five gigs? <laughs> no, this is too big for even us. Yeah. Well, so so some of it was some of it was uh, stories and stuff like later, but because we didn't have it in class. But uh, yeah. Uh, so they didn't have to watch and go through all of it because we were only supposed to have like an hour and a half of, of time or whatever. So <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, I thought you guys would like two and a half hours. Uh, I like that. Hey, speaking, <laughs> speaking of which regarding that question from last week. Um, so maybe, uh, maybe follow up, maybe a clarity on what the question was originally that I misunderstood, but, um, and I know this is something that has to do with the unseen realm and the concept of divine counsel, but maybe just your thoughts a little bit more to the why here. Mm -hmm. Why do we see Jesus listening to and granting the requests of demons? Uh, so um, Job one, an example, why say okay to allowing um, the, the Satan to, um, to test Job, why, why in Mark 5 would Jesus grant the request, listen to and grant the request of Legion requesting to be um, allowed to go into the pig? So, so maybe how's that dynamic work and why does that dynamic work? Well, um, I, that, that's exactly what I wanted to, to kind of add. I totally forgot. And when I was going through the, the two and a half hours of lecture, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that. So, <laughs> because there is no such thing as being concise when you're in the theological world. So no, no, um, no, no. It's all important. And so, uh, yeah, well, I, I, again, I, as, as, uh, Nick had shared last week, you know, there, sometimes there's, you have to move into the realm of speculation, but I, I think to, uh, just, um, making an, an inference, uh, to the best explanation, you know, we do that in apologetics a lot. And I, I think that carries over as well into, uh, just theology and stuff like this. And so, well, anyway, one, one thing I totally forgot to mention was why go into the pigs? You know, we talked about them going, the, the demons and, you know, they wanted to kill them right away. And we talked about the amazing power, um, you know, when the townspeople came and they saw the, the demon possessed guys, cause right, there were two of them. Uh, when they saw them, they were like, wait a second, these were the guys, oops, sorry about that, that's my phone for some reason. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, see, it's episode six, I told you, it's there it is. Satan's you know trying what? to get us down right now. <laughs> They're trying to stop us. We can, right. Wait, we can, we can do all things like finish this episode. <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, that's right. Oh, he has promised. Uh, he has plans to prosper us, and yes, yeah, so, that's um, right. Well, uh, let me be still for a minute here. No, so okay, so they, uh, um, so they come back. They see that here was this guy that he had that superhuman, supernatural strength. He was breaking these chains. Uh, not to mention, he lived lived amongst the tombs. I talked about that in my lecture too, and how. Uh, the the realm of the dead and how demons just that's sort of their their domain and stuff. Okay, but here's here's something else. Perhaps could it be that Jesus was totally fine with granting their request because it was an outward demonstration of the reality that demons really were in this guy. Mm. First of all, 
So, I mean, the people standing there watching, I mean, think of, you know, especially me, I, I'd still be skeptical. But mm-hmm. when all of a sudden here, these pigs that are totally fine are just going nuts immediately and all go and run and, and drown and die. It's, it's sort of this outward uh, evidence or even proof that that the demons were indeed in this guy and they left and and kind of going on what you had said last week nick you said um something about them coming back and and things like that so so here we saw that they were indeed transferred they left this guy and went into something else so there was something real and if you want to say i'm not saying in a physical sense but something tangible uh that was there and that was going on it there was no no way for the witnesses there to uh, say it, it didn't happen. And so, and so here, here is a demonic request. And even though the demons mean evil, um, look at the great good that, that God's going to use this evil mm-hmm. for. It's going to show this extreme example of uh, amazing example of, of God's power. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, that, that was something um, I, I was like, Oh, we didn't really even, mentioned that so i don't know again that maybe that was why he was totally fine with with their request and yeah, also, yes. also his authority i mean mm. because they are asking him for yeah. permission to do this and mm. you know anyone else who's Good. you know who's watching or then reading this is is surmising that these these spiritual powers are subject to him mm. and don't yeah. go into the pigs until he gives them the okay. That's good uh, stuff. Yeah. So um, it does demonstrate his authority and power over them. And that, yeah. that's a, another note. They, uh, <clears throat> the, the Jews, um, they already had sort of a theology or a demonology uh, that they really developed during the intertestamental period. So the time between uh, when the Old Testament closed and then when you get to the first century AD. Um, and so that's why we have Jesus, uh, you know, when he comes on the scene and early on, like in Mark, early on in the Gospels, like the guy in the synagogue um, who is in there and uh, Jesus cast the demon out. Um, notice those little details in the text from the narrator Um, that says, you know, and all the people were amazed because they had never seen anybody speak with such authority before. So, so going right along with what you said, um, and think about, you know, the Jew, the Jews had an idea of exorcism. They had a process and, and, and I think it was similar to, to how Catholics, uh, the Catholic or the Roman Catholic church does exorcism. It's, it's usually like this, um, uh, it can be a long drawn out process. It's a, uh, sort of a, uh, a ritual. It's it's using equations, using certain formulas, you know, and it can take hours. It can take days, weeks, and and a lot of the time, there's still no guarantee that it's totally, you know, the 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 de- the demonic oppression or possession is still uh, has gone. And so anyway, right. so because, yeah, it, because Bethel wasn't Bethel School of Spirituality wasn't up and running yet, right? Yes, yeah. Now <laughs> they were just now we've got it. all of our problems solved. Yes, so a little bit of a <laughs> little bit of gold dust, glory cloud. And, and so um, <laughs> just make sure you've been sucking on your graves, anyway. So yeah, well, uh, you guys can Google that. Uh, so <laughs> listeners, I careful. Mean, 
<laughs> yeah, all right. I'll, I'll calm down. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so here the Jews have to go through all of this, and we see it with the sons of Sceva in, Acts, uh, in, in the book of Acts as well. And here comes Jesus, and, and he doesn't have to use this formula. He doesn't have to go through this process. He says, he says something. It takes him less, you know, maybe one second to command, and boom, they're out. They're gone. And, and that's why all the people are like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. we've never seen authority like this. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And um, we even think about Matthew 5, or excuse me, Mark 5 is right after Mark 4 with the calming of the storm. And, um, hmm. and again, same thing where there is no formula. There is simply the command and the storm ceases. And then, you know, why does Mark put those right next to each other? Because I think, I think you guys hmm. are just really right on that we see the authority of the son of God on full display in these, both yeah. in the natural and in the supernatural um, that he commands it all. And so maybe um, it's only going to be speculation as to why Jesus would permit the request. But we, what we observe without a doubt is that um, he has the power and the authority um, to either grant or to not grant um, that request. And that's good. That's good stuff. Um, let's, uh, let's keep things moving here, fellas. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's, there's been loss this week um, from someone who I, I think we, all three of us have been just tremendously um, impacted by, formed by, um, blessed by, um, and that's the, the ministry of Ravi Zacharias. And so, um, Brett, you had just the great idea. Of, of maybe just a, a brief tribute to him, each of us maybe just sharing um, a little bit about um, the impact that he has had on us. And so um, I, that just seems really appropriate. It seems really appropriate um, because there's just story after story of famous celebrity, Christian celebrity, whoever, deconverting, um, whether it's uh, uh, blanking on the name. Help me out, fellas. Help me out here. Uh, Josh Harris, oh. or the the Retin 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 Link, yeah, Retin Link, yeah. Uh, those, yeah, there it is, there it is. He, <laughs> you got the <laughs> stating goodbye. Uh, that looks like a first dish right there. Yeah. Um, Notice he had like the whole like atheist fedora <laughs> in that picture. <laughs> the the internet atheist running, fedora. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so in the in the midst of an age in which we're seeing these deconversion stories, where um, seeing stories of, of pastors failing, <laughs> pastors failing theologically, um, pastors failing morally. Um, it, it's, you know, I, I was talking with Lisa uh, when the announcement was made, the doctors kind of said that there was nothing else they were going to be able to do for Ravi. And, and you, know, there, you know, I've seen a lot of posts about like sorrow and whatnot. I totally get that. You know, I felt that. But at the same, at the same time, there's also a sense of joy that a faithful man has finished well, you know, has gone yeah. decades and has finished the race really well. So um, either one of you guys want to want to kick us off here just with maybe a, a sentiment about the impact of Ravi in your life. Well, uh, Nick, you know, to be honest, I, I wasn't a huge, I, I didn't know much about Ravi. Um, I mean, I knew of him, but uh, I hadn't really gotten into his stuff until I got to Lakewood. And I, I even asked because I knew Nick was a big Ravi fan. And so I was like, hey, what's a good book to, to start with? And uh, 
Uh, so Nick uh, directed me to Can Man Live Without God? And uh, I'm not going to lie, the first time I tried to get through it, I, I didn't make it very far and had to put it down. <laughs> it's, it's very thick reading, isn't it? Philosophically uh, thick. And so I wasn't used to a lot of uh, books like that um, in philosophy anyway. And so uh, anyway, so yeah, now I've got quite a collection of his, his materials. I, I love his reading I, or his books. Um, one that's really uh, easy and, and I try to promote as much as I can to uh, students uh, and, and others um, is The End of Reason. So, so his yeah. response to uh, Sam Harris's um, The End of Faith and also Sam Harris, uh, a new atheist, came out with um, letters to a Christian nation. And so it was uh, it's kind of a response to that. And it's uh, talk about being concise. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know how some of these guys like Robbie do it, but it, it was profound yet concise. It's this tiny yeah. little book. And, and it's so impactful addressing some of the main ele- major elements of, of apologetics and, uh, you know, some of the... the um, philosophical arguments for God's existence. It's, it's uh, profound, but so, so anyway, I want to thank Nick for, for pointing me in that, that right direction. And um, so I just got to, so, so I'll just say that about his books, but just really quickly. So one, the one video that clip that is very famous of his, uh, where he's talking with a guy uh, you know, it's one of those um, at the end of a lecture and it's sort of an open forum and people are allowed to come up and ask any questions. Well, a guy who was advocating for moral relativism is like, what are you so afraid of? You know, and you guys know the. I wish I had could do his accent, but uh, he just responds, <laughs> do you lock your doors at night? Um, which is just one of those great Robbie moments, but it's really what comes after that. And, 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 I'm bringing this one up because that's a particular video I show to students every year. And, and what comes after that is, is is all of this information and knowledge that he has uh, concerning um, atheistic communistic uh, regimes and, and the numbers of, of deaths under those regimes. And, and so so, so the the questioner was asking, "What are you so afraid of? If we uh, with morality, if we make morality subjective and get rid of God?" And so he just—it's like he's reading from a textbook, but he's not. He's walking around, no notes, nothing, mm-hmm. and he just has all of that on hand. Quoting and it's just like length, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, so anyway, just uh, profound. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, How about you, Nick? Um, I arrived at, in State College, Pennsylvania as an associate pastor in 2004, and uh, the Christian groups on campus had begun uh, the process of bringing him to campus, and he came in 2005, and I remember distinctly one of our meetings of leadership uh, just saying, you know, do we want to be a part of this, you know, as a, as a Christian group, and uh, Somebody was advocating for it, and quite honestly, I had never heard of Ravi Zacharias at that point, and I was like, sure, if it sounds good to you guys, and um, so I had to go home and Google who he was. Who but, is this uh, Ravi fellow? Yeah, yeah, Ravi. Well, who is this guy? I did not know, and uh, we, we were part of bringing him in the Penn State to speak in 2005, and I got to go and hear him, and it radically changed my life because I was amazed, as you mentioned, Brett, that 
just that it seemed like he was giving the whole talk from his memory. It looked like he had his eyes closed for most of the talk <laughs> and he's quoting people right and left. And um, I was just amazed. In fact, you can find his visit uh, videos of his visit to Penn State. And there's a point where the camera pans the audience and you'll see me sitting there like, <laughs> just like just, that's awesome. Just trying to keep up with Robbie, who is so difficult. Uh, yeah. and it was just amazing. And um, I went home that night and I've never had this experience before, but I couldn't go to sleep because I felt like my brain was so full. Uh, yeah. And the next day there was like a, you know, brunch, a lunch brunch uh, for him, uh, just for the pastors who brought him in to meet him. And uh, I got to, he was running out of there trying to make a plane and he took a moment to shake my hand and meet me at the end of that. And I think that's, there's two things that I think I'll remember just about Ravi is that he never lost sight of the fact that apologetics is not just about arguments, but it's about people. Um, and he really always kept that at the forefront, just caring about, about people. And secondly, just the fact that he was like this perfect blend of, of Eastern and Western wisdom and philosophy. And he could tell, tell stories that had a deep philosophical impact. And I think that was the incredible value that, that Ravi uh, offered and gave to us that a lot of apologists don't, don't offer. Uh, so he could blend that storytelling with uh, his teaching so seamlessly. Oh, yeah, oh, that's awesome. That's great stuff. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I re his mind, unbelievable. Um, I remember watching a, a panel, um, Q&A panel that he was on and uh, a book got brought up and he just kind of like said by way of introduction, well, I, I read the book last night and I was just thinking like, what? <laughs> wait, wait, why you read the book last night? So like, I don't know, just like what would take me a couple weeks, he did probably in a couple hours the night before and uh, took it in in such a way that he could <laughs> respond and react. And like I said, just quote at length and just a phenomenal mind. I came across him early on in, uh, in, in my years as a Christian. Um, and, and I remember being, you know, I, I was one of those new converts, really, really zealous, wanting to share and to teach, but having zero knowledge at that time. Um, and so, so is, that's a dangerous blend of zeal without knowledge. Um, and so I started, you know, trying to pursue some knowledge and I would listen to, to Ravi give, uh, you know, a talk or whatever. As I'm listening to it, I'm just like, you, you just, you know, blown away at, at just the, the wisdom and, and the, the knowledge. And I would go and then I'd try to have a conversation with somebody and like <laughs> regurgitate what he said and just make a hash out of it. And, um, and that's when I moved from trying to imitate Ravi to simply being in awe of who God blessed him to be and seeing just the, yeah, it was, it was artwork. It was, it was no doubt the gift of God working in him to be able to recall so much information, whether that's philosophical arguments of the East or, um, you know, 
microbiology or something from Oxford or, or you know, whoever he's arguing with, he, he seemed to be able to, to interact with any discipline on any subject and, and to interact in a profound way. Um, and it really was just, uh, it, it, it became for me something that as I would watch, I would find myself, yes, encouraged and, and edified. Um, but also I found myself seeing Ravi and, 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 and glorifying his God our God, um, because of just, yeah, um, well, you know, just the, the way he went about it. I, I came across an article, you know, there's obviously a lot of, um, you know, tributes being posted and I'll just, um, kind of wrap it up here with this, but it's from Sam Albury, uh, who worked with him for the last four years. And, um, and I, I, I just thought he really made some really great insights. He, he listed three things that he learned from working with Ravi. And, um, and I think this first one we all kind of touched on, especially you, Nick, you really, um, uh, hitting the same thing here, but the first one was that the person matters more than the question. Mm. And Sam Albury, he quotes Ravia saying, answer the questioner, not the question. Mm. Um, and that's really profound um, because you, you have somebody up here taking a naturalistic evolutionary worldview. Um, and if we simply attack the naturalistic evolutionary worldview, without understanding why they arrived at that worldview, perhaps there is some suffering or some trauma that has created a hurt in their life that has made them angry at the idea of a God that has pressed them into trying to own this atheistic perspective. And if we simply try to mic drop an argument um, crushing atheism without seeing the hurt and the pain and the suffering that's behind that, um, then, then we, then we miss uh, the work that needs to be done. And Sam Albury, and, and uh, you know, I think we've all seen this in some of his Q and A's, in which um, there, there was such wit and such wisdom at play. But, but there's also just a tremendous insight to see what's the question that's really being asked behind the question that was vocalized. And um, I think that that's just something that I um, would just want to continue to try to keep on the forefront of my mind as well that, that Ravi just set such, such an example on. So, um, yeah, yeah. And you All saying right. that, I mean, that just reminded or just makes me think of the gospels and that's exactly how Jesus did it. Didn't he? Yeah. You know, uh, every time, uh, he was asked something, I mean, he, it, it seems like he very rarely answered just the question directly. <laughs> you know, he right. was, was always kind of a, he, he always worked his way into uh, the real heart issue and teaching moment there. So, yeah. 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 So to any of our listeners who have not engaged with Ravi, check it out. Be blessed by it. Lots of content. RZIM.org is his um, website. And uh, he's created such an organization that it will surely continue on um, with a lot of really great um, apologists on staff working and that will continue that legacy. So, um, all right. So, Hey, let's move into the main event that we never got to last week. Um, and, and maybe we can just wrestle with this for maybe just a few minutes here. Um, since we have, we just have busy schedules with all of the end of the year, last day of school today. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe we'll just wrap up with, uh, I don't know, uh, closing uh sentiment of love towards our seniors that shall go on uh to soar we we will release them to fly to spread their wings and fly into the great unknown here and little birds oh. 
<laughs> so, um, <laughs> but uh, here in the main event, here's what we uh, kind of had tabled up to uh, to discuss last week that our Q&A just kind of ran a bit long, which just totally shocks me that we, yeah. that we went long on our q and I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, so here we go. The stay at home or restart economy. That seems to be the, uh, the divisive um, issue of our day on Facebook, I suppose. <laughs> oh, yes, um, it is. <laughs> I, see, I see just thing after thing after thing um, <laughs> about keep your mask on and stay mm-hmm. at home. Uh, and on the other side of we're all going to suffer at the hands of uh, perhaps Hitler-esque communists and, and whatnot if we, if we don't get back to our rights of working and uh, reopening the economy and the freedom that we have. And so, um, so I guess I present the problem and turn it over to you, fellas, to, <laughs> to give the, the final authoritative answer on this debate. <laughs> Should our people, should our listeners looking to us for wisdom and guidance, should they, should they stay home quarantined or should they get back out there and uh, get the boots dirty, reopening our economy? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think, uh, I, I think, uh, the problem has not necessarily been, um, one of those choices, I guess. I think the problem that I've seen is a lack of love and grace on both sides. That for the, you know, stay at home at all cost crowd, if you're leaving your house, like you must be, you must be Hitler to hate, you know, people and you just want people to die. Like, yeah. like you yeah. don't care about other people's well being because you're so <laughs> selfish that you left the house. Well, you know, well, let's think about this a little bit. You know, not everybody can do that. You know, thank God that I have a job that uh, I don't have to leave the house that I could do from home. But that is not everybody's situation, right? Right, So let's show some grace to those people who have to leave the house to put food on the table or otherwise the people in their homes are going to, you know, suffer and die because of starvation. So let's, let's show a little grace there as well and i and i think and this was as brett kind of hinted out last week was the the point i was trying to make to those um who often say well you know what our government is just tyrannical and they're just trying to get us to fall in line and we need to you know have all of our freedoms and and the point i was trying to make is well let's let's give a give a little bit in the other direction as well. If if it's shown that that just by wearing a mask, I can communicate to other people that I care about their well-being. Well, then why wouldn't I suffer the inconvenience of a mask? Why wouldn't I wear that just to just to communicate? Even if even if it's not effective, but other people have the idea that it is effective. Well, why wouldn't I do that as a Christian? Don't I want to communicate that I? care about people and their well-being so I, I I guess I know I'm not directly answering the question um, but I'm I guess I'm 
addressing the underlying lack yeah. of civility and grace that uh, people have had with each other. Um, so I, I guess to quickly answer your question, I, I think it's, especially here in Indiana, it's moving to the point of, you know, reopening. And I think that's good because we can't just stay sheltered in place forever. Uh, as I mentioned, people do need to get out there and, you know, work jobs. And so we can't just rely on the government to give us handouts and stimulus payments all the time. Um, <laughs> that won't last forever. No, uh, shocking. Yeah, it's. Can't you just print more money? Yeah, is that how it works. Yeah. Made in a factory. <laughs> I'm joking. So no, I I love what you're saying though, Nick, and I think I think you really hit like something really significant to us as Christians, especially that you know there seems to be such a a, a zeal to defend our rights and not much of a passion for us to surrender our rights for love of others. And so, like you said, you know, can I defend my right to wear a mask or not? Um, okay, but it seems more in line with the way of Jesus and the writings of Paul for me to say, I could have the right to not wear a mask, but I can surrender that right out of love. And even if it's only an expression of love to say, I'll wear it if it's important to you, because it's not a right for me to stand on and defend. It's not this non-negotiable, it's not a sin issue. And so, um, yeah, and that really comes back to the heart of the issue of loving your neighbor well in this, which is going to be difficult because this is new. So what's the most loving? Getting the economy back rolling and recognizing that there's a lot of other issues that are happening with domestic violence, um, mm -hmm. substance abuse that's happening, you know, you have that side, um, and also loving our neighbor by making sure that we, we respect and take care and take seriously um, the issue uh, of our day right now. Yeah, and that's, that's good stuff. Brett, um, what kind of thoughts have you processed through this? Yeah, yeah, I, th I think, uh, <clears throat> um, Nick, you know, I, I or Nick and Luke, it, it is answering the question. I, you know, it, because it, I don't think there is just that simple, direct, you know, one answer there, there are a lot, there are multiple elements I think involved. And um, so I, I, I've been trying to just kind of sit back and uh, listen and, and watch and, you know, I, um, uh, I, I haven't wanted to take a strong position one way or the other, you know, yet kind of a thing. And uh, because I see both and, and I think you guys have both already kind of uh, affirmed that um, is the virus real? Yes. Could it have been manufactured somewhere? Yes, <laughs> maybe. Uh, you know, it could have been, um, are, uh, is it helping for us to, that we have quarantined? Yes. Um, is, are there, are there some governors in our, our country that have been taking advantage of this situation and, and abusing their, uh, overusing their power? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so, so, and yeah, I, 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 I think the problem is uh, people will, uh, they see that abuse from some of the governors, you know, like Michigan, California, and so on. Um, and so then they say, they apply that to the entire situation. Oh, see, this is just one big government overreach ploy. 
Yeah, no, not really. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it is. Is it possible in the future that, you know, something like this could sort of ease uh, or make the way or lay the ground for us losing freedoms? Um, yeah, I think so. Because again, you guys, the biblical worldview, um, <laughs> I, I find people that err on the one side that say, well, the government always has our best interest in mind. Um, they, they seem <laughs> to be coming from a humanistic perspective. And you know, what, what does the Bible say about humanity and human beings in general? We are fallen, wicked sinners. And uh, so if when you get power, I mean, for crying out loud, even when believers get, quote unquote, power, look at believers who are put in high, higher up positions. A lot of times they fall yeah. uh, in one way or another. So imagine without Christ, <laughs> of course, there's going to be that temptation to want to abuse and be greedy and all this kind of stuff. So so within the biblical framework, um, it it. it it's not far-fetched that, that a governor or the government would want to abuse its citizens. <laughs> okay. So, mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, I, I, I don't think, you know, we can say that that's all this is. Um, and again, so we want a good balance, I think, position right now. Uh, again, is the virus real? Are people, have people been dying? Have we needed to flatten the curve, so to speak? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the, the shutdown has been helping. On the other hand, People who are advocating for, you know, the, the one side that we need to protect at all costs against this virus, as, as you guys have already said, allow grace for the other side. You more than likely aren't in that position where you just lost your business and your livelihood because of this. Wow. So yeah. to say that, that the people up in Michigan that were out protesting are just a bunch of dumb hillbilly redneck, you know, Trump Republicans... Um, you know, a lot, if honestly, I told Brittany this, honestly, if, if, if I just lost my entire business and livelihood because of this shutdown, I might've been out protesting as well. I mean, think of what that's going to do to your, your family yeah. and, and, and everything, you know, and that you've worked so hard for. So, so those who are just so, you know, kind of coming from this elitist position and, 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 you know, ivory tower position of you can stay home because it works out. Okay. For me. Uh, yeah. As you already said, Nick, no, that it, that doesn't work out for everybody. And so not only do we sitting here in the comfort of our own homes need to extend grace to those people that are fighting to reopen the, the economy, the government needs to extend grace too. where you've seen in some different, uh, different uh, states, um, people getting arrested for being on the beach, or I'm sorry, uh, in the park, or a hair salon uh, barbershops that have had to open up uh, and were arrested and, and being taken to court for it. Um, you know, I, I think, I think our, our goal was to, for the most part, flatten the curve and keep most people home if they can. But if you have to go open, open that should be an option for you in a, in a free uh, country. I think. And so, yeah, yeah there, there, there's a lot of elements here. And, and I think, uh, you know, we need to have some, like you said, give and take and allow for, for reasonable um, giving and taking on both sides there. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's good. Um, and just as you even talk about the need for, for grace to be a play, um, I think we need to, yeah, like really humble ourselves and say, 
No one knows definitively and conclusively the best way to move forward. We don't know what's happening in the next three months. We don't know if there's going to be a round two that goes wild. And um, I mean, there's so much unknown. Um, and, And so we need to be able to have the humility if we're on either end of the spectrum and we realize that we're wrong, we need to have the humility to maybe change that position. And we need to have the grace for one another to, to not say, see, I told you so, and to rub people you know, through the mud um, because maybe they were on the different end of the position and we ended up being right or they ended up being right or whatever it is. Um, we need to be promoting, especially as Christians, if, we are, if we're Christians engaging in this conversation, um, we need to be marked with humility to admit if we were wrong on an issue and to be tremendously gracious to people who didn't uh, align with what we said um, because we're just recognizing that we're all trying to navigate a lot of unknown together. And so um, if we would be marked with just a, a deeper level of humility and a desire for the good of neighbor, um, I think the tone of this conversation would look a lot different mm-hmm. um, in a lot of the venues that it's taking place. So, yeah. hey, Luke, I think you were cutting out a little bit that whole thing about not rubbing it in. I I just missed all of that. So I just heard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking about editing it out anyway because I don't know if I want to. <laughs> yes, <get> woo. <laughs> Uh, Nick, you were probably going to say something helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, why else am I here? (laughs) It's my job. (laughs) I was just going to say, I mean, I'll I'll admit that when this first started, I was, you know, and things were open like Home Depot. I was going to Home Depot without a mask because I, I thought this doesn't make any sense. How does a how does a cloth mask stop a virus? Like that doesn't, a virus is small enough to get through those fibers, right? Yeah. And I started thinking about it and I started researching, reading the medical uh, studies about the efficacy of, of just a cloth mask and how it does, it, it, they, and they were hesitant in their conclusions that it does seem to cause some sort of slowdown or at least um, you know, transmission of the disease. And so I was like, okay, well, that's good enough. But then I got thinking, like I said, you know, well, other people, um, you know, are judging, judging my level of care for them by, by just wearing a mask. So why can't I be a missionary to my culture? If that's what it communicates, you know, there's just like, we might do something that we think has, has no rationale in another country, but it communicates that we care Mm. in the same way. Why wouldn't we be missionaries to our culture, you know, in America? So, yeah. Yeah. So my position has changed basically from, you know, going out in public without a mask. to Now I, now I do. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great example. Yeah. Mm. All right, fellas. So we, uh, we designated this one, a mini app and (laughs) her, We're coming up on, um, you know, about 42, 43 minutes or so <laughs> at present. So I think, I think we're really close to like do, doing this, to like nailing a, a mini app, which means less than an hour for us, I think. So, <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and sign off here. But um, last day of school. Guys my, 
Yeah, Please last do. day of school. You're sorry to interrupt you. I the, no, I, no. I saw you guys were like eyeing this. Like, wow, I wish I were Mr. Slofer right now. So I yeah. Uh, Is that so your at, sponsor? <laughs> well, uh, maybe I I guess so. Yeti. <laughs> so well, check this out. <laughs> this was a gift I just got today, actually from a student. They stopped. Oh. They stopped by, and uh, yeah. So it's a uh, Yeti um, can like. Or thingy, yeah. So, so Yeti for my diet like Pepsi's, could hold water, but why bother? Because water? a diet Pepsi fits inside there. <laughs> yeah, water. <laughs> That's fantastic. What is this water? Oh, you what is the? Yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Ava Staker actually. Ava and her uh, her mom stopped by. So Ava is uh, nice. seventh grader now, eighth grader. Since this is the last day of school. So, yeah, they, they stopped. Oh, that's awesome. like, you know what? Because uh, we were talking about the podcast and said, yeah, you always have your diet Pepsi and I always do in class. So, yeah, perfect gift. So, so Ava's an eighth grader going into ninth grade? No, she's uh, seventh grader going into eighth grade. So, gotcha. Okay. So, just finished seventh grade year. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, you got me uh, excited that I thought I might teach her next year and I could maybe start set it, Get, sending some subtle hints about what I would like. <laughs> yes. Mind. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so also, they, they also gave um, a, uh, a an electronic um, $10 coupon or something like that for Amazon. Wow. So. All right. So, so well done to, to that family. Going to, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> because uh, we, I'm sure all three of us at least saw that we are all teacher of the year in indiana <laughs> yes. oh, all teachers are teacher of the year in indiana yes so, um, we all got a trophy i would like i would like to print off a certificate and hang it up that i was teacher of the year <laughs> yes. for the 2019 2020 school year so i'll be signed by that. bernie sanders <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so uh. um so yeah that's that's it that's uh that's a great uh conclusion to a really wonderful um episode here in which we proved once again that uh he who is in us is greater than um <laughs> he that is in the world and uh, trying to trying to slow us down and stop us episode six yeah. will not be our our end we right. will persevere unto the end hey two um, or three are gathered here yeah, what's two, that? Two or three are gathered right here on Zoom. There, so there it is. Say you ain't got power. nothing on this. Right. I am so afraid for you guys to sign off and leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, I'll be yeah. susceptible. Right. I lose my power when you guys are gone. I'll bother praying because um, Jesus doesn't listen. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So to our students. Um. It's been an honor and a pleasure. We hope to see most of you next year. Um, to our seniors, press on and uh, continue to live through feeding upon this podcast. And uh, <laughs> we will continue to nurture you through this. And so that being said, take care. Thank you.